This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Michael Massey. Michael is the somewhat of the f- reason that this podcast is a thing. He was the first one to ever bring me mule deer hunting out west, and since then I've just been hooked ever since. Uh, but we today we talked about his fishing experience, how he got into that, uh, and how pumped he is to this day. So it was fun to just be intentional and ask him about that life and where that's taken him and what he enjoys about it. Uh, I, I enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Mike, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, good to see you, Logan. (laughs) Here to ask you really about your history in the fishing world. Um, Everybody that knows you knows that's a world that you're pumped about, right? Uh, I'd like to chat a little bit about the hunting side of things too, because you're the one who got me into the Western mule deer hunting, but in the fishing side of things, let's talk about your trajectory. Where did that start for you? It was with your dad at a really young age or where did fishing begin for you? Yeah, more with my brother. Okay. Um, my dad was pretty busy with owning his own business back when I was a kid. So okay, I was probably like, I remember being four years old and fishing with the open, open reel casting rod. Yeah. Um, my brother, Jerry taught me pretty much everything at okay. that point. Yeah. I did fish with my dad a lot as I grew up, but right away it was more with my brother, Jerry. So, okay. So initially with Jerry, uh, out on, I mean, taking boats out trolling and stuff or casting offshores or what were you, you remember what you were doing? Yeah. Just casting offshores, fishing the rivers. Um, even my, like our camper. So when I was a kid, our camper had a lock on it, a chain lock and, um, you could open it from the outside, but it was high enough I couldn't reach because at five in the morning at four years old, I would take off and go fishing. My parents wouldn't be able to find me when we were camping. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I was pretty pretty pumped on fishing right from the start. So Yeah. Do you remember, I don't know if you could contextualize it at four years old, but do you remember what gripped you about it initially? Uh, or was it just that it was fun? I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just fun. I fished everywhere. And if I wasn't fishing in a river or something, I was fishing in the puddle in the yard. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter. I was tying a sinker <laughs> onto my line and casting in the yard, and it was always, I always had a fishing pole. Yeah. So. But your dad was a huge fisher, right? A fisherman, right? Yeah, I mean, he he, he was a big fisherman. They lived in Florida for a long time, and they did some warm water, salt water fishing down there. Okay. And they moved back in the early 90s, and uh, he didn't fish around here much because he was running a business massey electric so okay um i would say around i think 99 my grandpa bought a boat okay and that's when my dad started fishing more again so sure yeah and at that point you were six seven eight years old eight years old yeah okay yeah. uh so up until that point it was pretty much all just shore fishing stuff like that yeah most for the most part my grandpa did have a little 14 foot aluminum that we did go out like crappie fishing and stuff on but okay most for the most part it was all shore fishing Okay. And what was that transition into with your grandpa and your dad on the boat side of things? Was that a whole new world that 
open up or what was that like yeah i mean that's what i do now is great lakes fishing right so um i was probably i think eight or nine that first time i went to isle royale with my dad and first time using a gabu and catching lake trout and yeah i was just amazed i mean it was the first time we went out there we had a limit of fish in an hour yeah it was the fish were just biting and it was just the funnest thing i've ever done so yeah. <laughs> i've been pretty dedicated to great lakes fishing since then yeah and same thing with that i think it's later in life or at least for myself that i put a lot of these larger parameters onto what i'm doing like i i make it inside that it's bigger than fishing or it's bigger than hunting or whatever else but i think at that age and it's it's, there's something pure about it it's just fishing you're not thinking about it right it's just the joy of it right yeah it's just Uh, enjoyment there's no there's no like we need to catch this many fish or yeah we need to do this or that it's just you're just going out fishing it's on it's on it's unreal you know yeah but i'm curious like that isle royal trip was that partially the uh like the adventure and the grand scale of it and crossing the big lake and stuff like that was that part of it gripped you too or is it a lot of just the uh the, the joy of catching that many fish in that quick of a time just the fish for me i mean i could fish it doesn't matter what the scenery is i mean it's i mean it adds to it but i I don't care if it's in a sewer pond right if there's fish in there (laughs) i'll catch i like to catch them so yeah it really the scenery doesn't mean much to me so it's more about the fish yeah so huh that's unreal uh so that first trip you limited out in a short amount of time but then after that it you kept on going or what was that progression yeah i probably went uh to isle royale maybe eight times before i was out of high school okay Um, i've only actually gone back a couple times now but we went we also did tournaments down in wisconsin or down in illinois and also downstate and then in the future it was in the up on lake michigan so okay um we did a a fair amount of fishing on the great lakes yeah with isle royal and cuna bay and yeah my dad my dad really enjoyed going he wasn't uh I wouldn't say he was the best fisherman in the world, but he really loved being out there. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, but those early days, those Isle Royal trips or fishing Cuna Bay, stuff like that, was that a combination of you, Jerry, your dad, and your grandpa? Or who was who was typically involved with that? Mostly me and my dad. Okay. Um, and then some of his friends. So, Willie Ryla was one of our partners that we went with a lot. Okay. Um, but my brother, Jerry, was young, you know, a young adult having kids and busy with life so i actually i think i only did one trip to isle royal with him okay um but yeah for the most part it was me and my dad and then his friends so yeah okay but so before going on that though you already had the passion right i mean that you loved the fishing side of things but you said your dad loved it as well i'm curious is that like did he instill that in you was it genetic i mean it sounds like maybe you just born with it At at age four you were fishing and everything you could but i'm curious where what you learned from him on a a, like a passion standpoint yeah i don't know i mean i learned a lot from him on the passion side but not the fishing side okay he loved to be out there right he loved the enjoyment of going fishing yeah but he wasn't that dedicated to catching fish sure um but he just loved being out there yeah and for me it's about catching fish right so i don't know where that comes from for sure but Mm -hmm. um yeah i definitely learned from him as far as the enjoyment of getting out there yeah but there was many times we went out and got skunked even my sister was saying i she went fish with me last summer and she's like every time i went with dad we never caught a fish Mm -hmm. like she thought just going out on the big lakes was just 
a boat ride right and put lines in the water you know <laughs> so yeah. she was pretty excited last year when i brought her out and we caught a bunch of fish she's like i've never the most fish she's ever caught is one right so he was never the guy to go out there and dedicated to catching a ton of fish right there was many times we caught a lot of fish but he wasn't that wasn't what he went out there for sure right and i wonder if that's pretty common too though that you learn from them right on the passion side of things or that i mean you're engaged in that world but you take it to a whole new level on how technical you get from a strategy perspective from all that kind of stuff do you you think that's the case that well i guess it just depends on how all you get into things because you could just have enjoyed it uh and, and said hey this is fun and you do it occasionally but you obviously went 10 steps beyond that and you do get pretty technical from a like a, a, a lure selection uh strategy stuff like that right don't you yeah i do and with my dad it was never he just threw a lure out there to thought maybe oh maybe this will work you know yeah. whereas i my whole spread i i think about my whole spread i you know you're running 12 rods and i think about what's ever on every rod right whereas he was just like oh let's just throw this out there and see what happens and um but he wasn't as dedicated to the i want to catch fish today program mm-hmm. he was more dedicated to the i want to go fishing today right so yeah so but again a lot of a lot of what i'm curious about is the trajectory right how you went from because today you're fishing as much as you can taking your son andrew out and again super technical let's go catch a lot of fish and you do very well but i'm curious how you go from eight years old going on some of those first trips to where you're at today and it's probably just been a lifetime right but what was that trajectory life post high school uh and getting into some of this big lake fishing on your own uh i mean it was a trans transition for sure because obviously with my dad he had all the equipment and a big boat and yeah um i i had nothing essentially i started with a little 16 foot aluminum and yeah started buying downriggers and rods and um just learning from other guys too because like i said my dad didn't really he wasn't into catching fish as much as he was into fishing so Mm -hmm. i asked a lot of people lots of questions and i've learned from a lot of great fishermen right not just from my dad and my brother so yeah um but it just takes time it takes many hours on the water learning the learning the skill a little bit you know right right so we we live together or not together but we lived near each other in north dakota for a while when you were out there was your fishing mainly just like local small walleye fishing small lake walleye fishing and then some ice fishing and stuff like that or were you making trips back here to uh, do some big lake fishing up here um when i was out there yeah i made a few trips back okay um, specifically for going to like lake michigan for salmon and coming to lake superior uh but most for the most part it was walleye fishing okay that was one of the downfalls of living on west is you got great ice fishing it's unreal walleye fishing for um or ice fishing for walleye yeah and then in the summertime you basically have until june and then the water gets really warm and yeah. you gotta go up to lake skakwea which was a few hours away to get to good fishing so right it was a challenge to get my fishing bug you know yeah the somewhat of the birth of this podcast is because of you uh you brought me out mule deer hunting for the first time and maybe it probably would have happened eventually but that first day that i came out with you i remember just unbelievable i drove to the bow shop that day or the next day or you came with me and helped me get a bow and all that and it's just been a seven or eight year i can't stop thinking about it for that long right i mean we think about it every day year round yeah uh 
so that's just my world and I love it. But I never thought about the fact that, I mean, you did as well, right? But was there a big part of you that when you were out there, you were missing this world, this big lake fishing world? I mean, no, I mean, as an outdoorsman, the fall time is for hunting. Even when I'm up here, okay, you, you know, it's hunting season, hunting season. So, right. um, that's about the only, I mean, it's always fishing season, but it's, that, that's about the only time of year where I don't really think about fishing very much okay. at October, November time. Okay, so it wasn't like you were out hunting out there and saying, "Oh boy, I wish I was in the UP big lake fishing right now." No, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. Once it's hunting season, I get dedicated to hunting. It's not right, not a year-round passion for me. I know there's a lot of guys that will have cameras out already at this time of year. Yeah, um, they'll be putting a salt block out. They'll be pumped. They'll be scouting. I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm. I'm out fishing. Right. If I'm lucky, I might go trim some trees at my tree stand or something. But I'm not usually that dedicated to hunting season until october you know right once the season is here yeah right okay um so because i'm curious about that when i'm here i'm a lot of me is uh, i love the area i love the family friends aspect of this area right uh but i miss the west so bad i mean just to be able to go hunt year all fall and all that in that western landscape is just unbelievable but there's benefit and i found it of just saying hey be happy where you're at right and enjoy and thrive where you're at but if you had to pick a number one tier like i'm saying my number one tier is mule deer hunting for you is at big lake oh 100 fishing so you're yeah. in the spot you should be right yeah i mean this is well it. there's i mean someone argue that lake michigan's a better lake to be okay. fishing on yeah but the one positive is up here we get fishing from now until september right every port i fish from is within 20 minutes of my house Mm -hmm. whereas if you're on lake michigan the salmon usually migrate so you can start like you start in illinois in the spring and then all the way until end of summer you just keep going north okay and you follow that water all the way all the way north right so you can't pick one spot and have good fishing for the whole year yeah Right, whereas here you can fish in that same spot all year, yeah, right. Yeah, and it, it's all, all every port, so I'll go south entry, um, go to Eagle Harbor, north entry, Big Traverse, mm-hmm. um, and, and Lac La Belle, everything's within 40 minutes of my house. I mean, right. you can't beat the options you have here. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, a lot of us take the, the, you grew up in this area, you take this whole area for granted, but do you take it for granted from a fishing aspect? Of course you don't because you're out there using it all the time, but I'm saying, do you like comprehend or think about how lucky you are to have this? Right yeah, here? I do quite a bit. You know, we lived in North Dakota for a long time. I lived up in Alaska. Um, so I understand like not having that option to just get out on the big lake and go fishing. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I don't feel like I take it for granted anymore. Obviously okay. getting older. Um, and just learning, you know, just like you're saying, you kind of appreciate the moment you're in. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do now than it was 10 years ago. Right. 10 years ago, I probably didn't appreciate the Great Lakes as much when I was on them, but yeah, um, I feel like now I can, I can live in the moment and appreciate what I have and what's in front of me, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, thinking back to that trajectory though, you started off a small boat, started buying equipment and you just went upgraded boat sizes as years went on and really got into it. And is that a lot of that after you got back from North Dakota, as far as that? For the most part, I mean, I had a lot of the equipment that I have on my boat now when I lived in North Dakota. Um, but that's where it kind of started was 
when I got back, I really ramped things up, you know? Yeah. Um, it, and it just takes time. You can't go out and it's hard to go out and get a full setup for the Great Lakes on a whim. Right. You know, there's, it's a lot of money. So it's kind of, everything builds over time. So, yeah, a lot of money and a lot of, uh, lessons learned through failure and success too, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, I've even, I mean, you go, if I go tomorrow, I'll still have things where I'm learning, you know? Yeah. It's just like any, any job or anything you do in life, you, you'll, you'll never see it all. So right. you learn something new every time you go out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what was that like though? Cause I mean, now you're to the point you're two, three days a week through the summer. I mean, as, or as much as you can, you're, you're making it out. Was that pretty sweet to move back here and just get right into it and, and be doing that that much? Yeah, it's unreal. And I, I mean, obviously I, I work at the hospital as a nurse, so yeah. working three twelves during the week it's it's easy in the summer to just work my 312s yeah in the winter time i work extra a lot of times i'm working 412s or five you know i work quite a bit of extra so that way in the summer i don't feel bad about just working my 312s and getting out of there right um and then obviously i have a wife and kids so it's she's very she's fine with me going fishing she supports me and mm-hmm. last summer she got into fishing more she actually caught a really she got a 15 pound brown last year <laughs> i've never even caught a brown that big so right um she's been enjoying it a lot and going out and we'll take the kids out and we'll just make a family day of it you know yeah and your son is passionate times 10 eh? yeah 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 so he's five now so um <laughs> yeah. he'll he'll be running my boat before probably in the next year or two he'll be i'll pretty much drive and he can do everything else so yeah it's unreal it's so fun to watch. I mean, we, I went once with you last summer, and I talked about it when I talked to Brett too. But I just to see how pumped he is about the whole thing is just unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's dedicated. I get at four in the morning if I rub his shoulder and say, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" He pops his head right up. There's no hesitation. Yep, I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to go. So yeah, same thing. So I was asking, or I've you know the the constant question of genetic versus learn. Of course, he's going to be pumped on whatever you're pumped on. But it's almost like there's something internal on a on a genetic level. Yeah, and I don't know because I I do have a cousin, um, and the Masseys in general like fishing. Like a lot of my Massey cousins, they're more distant. I don't I only have a couple first cousins, but okay, they like fishing. My right. grandpa loved fishing. Masseys tend to love fishing, and one of my cousins, his kid doesn't like fishing. He's, he doesn't know what to do about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I asked him to go fishing. He doesn't want to go. So right. I, I don't want to force him to do anything, you know? Yeah. So, and I, that's the big thing. I never force Andrew to come with me. If he wants to come, great. If not, great. I, it, it's up to him. So. Yeah. Right. No, and that's the way to be. But obviously it's fun for something that you were so pumped about since as long as you can remember to see him that pumped about it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's enjoyable to take him out, you know, and then even ice fishing in the middle of winter, we'll go, we'll go eight hours out there on the ice and he doesn't complain the whole time. Yeah. And, when we, I say it's time to go, he's actually whines about leaving because he doesn't want to leave yet. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> what about too? And we've talked very briefly before, and 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 we can save it for later too. But the dream of having your own charter someday. Yeah, that... maybe. I mean, uh, it would be nice, but okay. it's not like it's not a end all. You know, it's not sure. I would enjoy it. I worked as, you know, a deckhand on a charter in Alaska. Yeah. So I kind of have an idea of what it is day and day to go charter fishing. Right. Some people say, well, you do it every day. You're not going to enjoy it anymore or this or that. But yeah, from day one, it, when I worked in Alaska to day 400, it didn't matter. It was every day I enjoyed going out. Yeah. So. And and we talked on with Brett too, is a, a big part of it, I think, is are you 
good with people? Do you thrive with people? And do you get energy from it versus getting drained from it? And I feel like you're on the side of you're great with people and you would thrive in that. And that would be a big component of it. Do you agree or no? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I'm, I'm a nurse. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I, I never claim to be the smartest nurse, but I get along with people really well. Yeah. So that, that's where in nursing, that's where I thrive. Right. I'm not, like I said, I'm not the smartest nurse at the hospital by any stretch, but Mm -hmm. I enjoy people and they, I tend to get along with a lot of people. So. Right. That's another cool component. I went to bed last night. I was thinking about the fact that you went, what age did you go back to school or go to school for nursing? I started school uh, at 27, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I talked to Bruce Anderson about his nursing trajectory and he was, I think the same age, go back to school. That's a big move to be having, you've got a wife, kids, whatever else to go back to school. That's a big deal. Yeah. Was, was that tough? Oh, it was very difficult. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I went to go Gibek, so it was three year program. Yeah. Um, and the first year I did in North Dakota, I did it all online. Yeah. And I was able to work and it was, that was convenient. But the second two years, you know, the nursing school years, it was a challenge cause you can't work as much. And my wife was working full time and, yeah. um, but if it's something you want, you just, you, you can work through anything. So, right. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about the charter end of things. And I think the, the message that's beneficial is if that's something you want, chase it, but also you could get too far where you're only thinking about that goal and you're not enjoying where you're at currently. Right. Like I'm saying, if that's your end goal, like, Hey, I, I'd love to be, have, have a charter and be a captain and bring people out. You could potentially, fo- I don't think you run this risk, but I could see myself doing this, focusing too much on that goal and not just enjoying and loving where you're at and fishing two, three days a week and just being pumped about that. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I, I have a job where I can, I can do a slow transition to it if that opportunity exists out there. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can work three days a week and get my captain's license and charter two days a week. Right. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't take much to get my, feet wet you know yeah so i think there's the demand there do you have you looked into that at all or asked people uh, i haven't looked into it a ton i know there's in the in the past 10 years there's been a lot more charter boats yeah up here so um and they seem to make a good living with it so right. I, I could see there would be a good there's obviously a demand there for it um, yeah your clientele is only so big up here so right i don't know how many charter boats you could have running out yeah. of the q and but right no, but the way I look at it is similar to real estate. There's, you could argue there's, although locally we could probably use some more agents, but anyways, uh, like why would you get into real estate? There's are, are all these other people doing it. You're not going to do well because there's a lot of competition, but if you are the way you are great with people, right? I'm talking about you personally, uh, on the charter fishing side, if you're dedicated, you love it, you're passionate, regardless of how many other charters out there, you'll always have business is how I would look at it. Right? Yeah. So I don't think that should ever, I don't, I don't think you're saying that, but I don't think the uh, competition should ever hold you back from pursuing No, no, I don't feel that at all. I just, I just don't, uh, I don't want to jump in the deep end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Or so, yeah. As far as that, just kind of get my feet wet and go slow. Right. Um, there's no rush to get into it. I have a perfect job to just slowly get into it. Yeah. My captain's license and get a little bit bigger boat and just slowly get clients and mm-hmm. as you get repeat clients and stuff obviously as you expand then figure that out from there you know right yeah no for sure and i think there's uh for sure uh, i've got different 
side dreams potentially. And that's the same thing as let that slowly and organically happen. Uh, it's one thing if you're single and, and you just need to put food on the table for yourself, but obviously you've got a family and kids and whatever else you need to make sure that that's taken care of and let the other thing force its way in almost. Right. Yeah. Or, or not force it. Right. So sure. Right. You don't want to force this on, on my family and me because right. that's just going to cause more stress yeah and it's not going to be a fun thing then right whereas if you let it organically happen like you're saying yeah you can enjoy the process and you can no rush to it there's not like oh i have to get this done today i have to get that done for the business i have to do this it's mm-hmm. just kind of organically let it slowly build itself up right, to right. What you want it to be but I think the natural progression, if you are passionate and pumped about it, though, that thing would, again, for, you're not forcing it, but it would get to the point where you're all of a sudden taking more time off at your other job to maintain this passion that you've got or the work that you've got. And eventually it's it almost says, hey, that this is more enjoyable, more lucrative potentially, and although that's not the factor. But either way, it's super sustainable. Like we should pursue this. Um, I don't know. I guess I go back and forth. Like, why not just do both as well, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe do that for forever and then retire then and do it. Yeah. No, you know? I mean, for me, the market up here in the wintertime for fishing is is, is kind of tight. Sure. Yeah. Or you don't know. Some years you have ice on Lake Superior. Some years you don't. So, right. Okay. Um, I, would, I don't think I'd ever do a walleye charter, which Portage has good ice every year. Right. Um, but I don't think this is a destination walleye fishing area either. So, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would still want to be a nurse, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I've thought about that doing some of that again, even like potentially in the hunting world, doing some guiding or something like that. And same thing, it's maybe uh, just from an adventure standpoint, it would be fun. But it would be something where I'd want to, yeah, slowly, organically think about it and let it just see where it goes and get yeah. your toes wet and see if you're see what you think of it, but. Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Back to the fishing side of things, though. You, you move back here you got your own boats up to the point of your current boat. Right. But also you're getting pretty technical. A lot of it by asking other people, like you said, but do you get to the point where you surpass a lot of the people that you were initially asking from a, a technical standpoint or no? I don't think so. I mean, there's still, there's people have different ideas all the time. Okay. Um, I don't I, I there's a lot of guys that know a lot more than I do. Okay. There's guys with lots of Mark Helton is one of the guys I talk to a lot about fishing. Okay. Um, and he, he's been fishing the Great Lakes. I mean, when I was eight years old, I remember him being at the tournaments, you know, hmm. I looked up to him like, holy, well, he's catching a bunch of fish. Like right. he knew what he was doing then, you know, and that was 20 years ago. Right. So he has a lot of experience on the Great Lakes and, um, and there's many other guys like that, that I talk to all the time and ask them what, you know, 
ask them for tips and tactics and they ask me too you know mm-hmm. we both you know everyone has their own ideas and find things that work and um stuff like that so yeah but uh, it seems like you would initially you're doing nothing but what other people have told you use yeah. this lure use this setup have this spacing whatever it is but eventually you start having your own ideas and renditions do you, are you to that point where some of the tactics you're using are stuff that you've either spun off of other ideas or anything like that yeah i mean they're all originated from something right yeah so, um but yeah there's a lot of a lot of things that i run on my boat that are kind of spun off from other guys or yeah that kind of program yeah but somewhat unique to you yeah yeah and we don't have to get crazy technical or give away a lot of your secrets but what are, what are a lot of the variables that you're thinking about uh, lure shape color the lure way it travels color, through the water yeah there's i mean you have everything from regular trolling spoons to flash or fly combos dodgers um, meat rigs you don't run many meat rigs up here yeah um, there's there's a whole slew of things but typically on my boat i run six planer boards with lead core on them mm-hmm. or or uh weighted steel and then i run two downriggers and two dipsy divers okay so just a good variety spread yeah and just for the person who isn't aware of that uh the planer boards you got how many lines up above set up right and the planer boards run the lines out yeah uh, so, so it's spread out quite a ways behind your boat and you're trolling back and forth or you, can you give a kind of a rudimentary breakdown of what that all looks like so yeah so the planer boards are ran off of uh we call it a rod tree it's a um single pipe with three rod holders on it uh and then the board you let out a certain amount of line so whether that's 100 feet or 200 feet um and then you clip your board on and that board pulls it out to the side as you're trolling okay so you have port and the starboard side boards um and then typically you run your highest line on the outside and when i was saying lead core lead core um every color brings it down five feet so a lot of times you're running you call it a one color that goes down five feet you can run a two color that goes down 10 feet you can run anything up to 10 colors and the color meaning that's what one chunk of that lead core is I don't, i've never uh, yeah. yeah okay yeah there's a um lead on the inside that's right. why it's called a lead core okay and then there's a nylon around the outside and that nylon is colored okay so, um, i gotcha um but then also you've got the other components of it as well what are the other lines that you've got set up as far as like the dipsies yeah right yeah and so, can you explain those just sort of um dipsy divers are in line they hook onto your line and then when you clip them they pull the line down and away from the boat and when you set the hook on it it pulls that clip and it allows it to float back then just like a normal line right um and then the downriggers there's actually a kind of a it's called a rigger it's mounted to the boat and it has a um heavy lead ball on it whether that's four pound ball up to 12 pound balls um and then you have clip on there where you hook your line to and Mm -hmm. that gets you the deepest right so really but you're trolling traveling how fast do you typically go typically anywhere from two to three miles an hour okay so the scene of what it looks like is you're driving the boat you've got you plus however many people with you two to three guys or andrews with you or whatever it might be and the the method with these planer boards and obviously this is super elementary to you but just for the person who's unaware uh is to get as wide of a swath from a lure perspective and down as well so you're really just capitalizing on as much space behind you as you can right yeah yeah and in michigan you can run three rods per guy so right yeah 
depends on how many guys are on my boat for the day. Sometimes you only have three guys, so you can run nine rods. So mm-hmm. um, most of the time I have four or more guys on the boat, so I end up w- with at least 12 rods. So Right, yeah. So, but the, uh, again, I just wanted to paint somewhat of the big picture of what that looks like. But the the joy of the catching fish, that never goes away. Like, you still get pumped. Yeah, I still get pumped, even if it's a 10-inch lake trout, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's fun to catch the bigger fish for sure. But I know last summer I had Andrew on the boat and then my cousin Kent and his son Peter. Yeah. And we had got like 24 fish or something. Right. And those, I think between Peter and Andrew, they reeled in about 20 of them. Yeah. So, and they were just grinning ear to ear all day. <laughs> None of them were big. We caught a bunch of small fish. Like, right. But it was just a blast. Yeah. That's, that's the enjoyment right there. Just seeing somebody else enjoy it that much, you know? Right. Yeah. Do you, do you get engaged on like, uh, reading books in the fishing world or again, I'm talking about how I was saying earlier at a younger age, you're not overthinking anything. Right. But as I find myself, as I'm older, I'm putting a lot of like somewhat fluff around it. I'm just saying internally, like on the hunting side, I'm thinking about myself and going on an adventure. Uh, do, I don't know. I, I put sometimes I think it fits me maybe but maybe like these big picture stuff into it whereas at the end of the day sometimes again you're just enjoying the fishing you're just enjoying the hunt you're enjoying the hike whatever it might be but do you do that as well do you think about that i think about it a lot personally do you um i think a lot of guys when they go out fishing they don't they just go out and they enjoy the moment you know? okay um but when i go out, i like to catch fish right so i do put i i put a lot of thought and a lot of yeah i'm yeah. always thinking i'm always wanting to change things mm-hmm. um I have a very difficult time when I'm not catching fish. Okay. I get, I get uh, a little bit worked up. You know, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy catching fish. So right. I go out there and I want to catch fish every time I go. Yeah. So I do put a lot of thought behind it. And I, um, I don't know if I've read any books. There's a few books out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do watch a lot of YouTube videos Yeah. on Great Lakes fishing and try to find new tips and new tactics and new ways to do things just to, give give myself that advantage to catch more fish you know Mm -hmm. so you do think a lot of uh, you think about it year round or a lot of time on a technical level right but also i'm thinking again i I don't know how to quite describe what i'm saying but where you you make something or you realize something is bigger than what it is right like you can be 70 years old and looking back and like holy moly like how sweet was that but also that was a a metaphor for life that was a, a awesome learning experience for my my kids that was something that really gave us meaning and purpose and i think a lot about that kind of stuff which i don't know that there's benefit in that but i'm just curious if you think about that stuff that's like uh yeah do you think about it like from a it's a bigger than fishing perspective or it sounds like you 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 really get into the just the technical and just the enjoyment of it so i'm not trying to say that one is better than the other like i think you lean too far one direction uh, in my in what i'm saying is how i'm overthinking some of it but i'm curious if you think about it in that perspective at all not really, no. Okay. I think fishing, I mean, obviously, when you think about it, but, per, like, I don't think about it a lot of times. Yeah. If you think about it now, yes, it means a lot to life, but um, but in the moment, I don't think about it, or yeah. even until you mentioned it, I don't relate it back to anything that's going on in my personal life. I just enjoy fishing, you know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. And I realize I can, I've always been that way. I can overthink everything. And, and, but actually, as you're saying that, I'm realizing when I am hunting, 
I don't think I'm thinking about anything other than just enjoying the hunt. So yeah. it must be outside of it. When I'm thinking about it on June, in the month of June and hunting is in September, that's when I'm making it into this big picture yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, it, I mean, I can see that for sure. I, I personally don't do that. Right. I, I kind of, when I think while fishing, I just think while fishing and yeah. <laughs> what my next tactics are going to be or... <laughs> Yeah. Try to figure out a new new program to run for the next time I go out. Or yeah. right, no, and I yeah, same thing. I, I had a lot about tactics and gear and how can we improve and what should I have done differently in this stock that I messed up or whatever. But I do find myself again thinking about that big picture stuff. But a lot of it is like looking at like, hey, when I'm seventy, how am I going to look back on this? Not from a hey, I need to do the right thing perspective, but just trying to put that in myself to just again more appreciate what what i've got at the moment yeah that's I, yeah. I can see that for sure yeah sometimes i don't appreciate as much what i have now right which would be a good thing right because there's days days where you don't catch as many fish but and i get frustrated about it and it's but you're still on the great lakes you're still fishing so that's mm-hmm. still still pretty good day you know right no, because I don't know, again, and this could go back to the overthinking side of things, but uh, sometimes I, I feel like I maybe too much put myself in the shoes of an 80-year-old where I can't do any of this anymore and just think, yeah, what would that... I don't know how to put words to it necessarily. Yeah, and I guess for me, for fishing-wise, I mean, my grandpa was... I don't know how old he was, but he's on dialysis, you know, Monday, yeah. Wednesday, Friday. Right. Like... And we we went to Isle Royale like he's yeah. we got him on the boat, <laughs> skipped Dallas Friday, just fish for the weekend. You know, like right. fishing doesn't doesn't really go away either. Sure. If you want to fish, there's gonna be a way to get out there to go fishing. So yeah, it, it takes a lot to keep a guy from fishing. Yeah, for sure. No, you'll always be able to scratch that itch, but it does feel like you could get to the point where you are, you're out fishing, but maybe you're relying on other people, right? And maybe you can't go as long or as hard as you used to or whatever else. Not that that negates what you're doing currently. But yeah. I think you could look back on it and say, boy, did I have it made. Yeah. I mean, I definitely could see that happening, but that that's the other sweet thing about um, trolling and, and the type of fishing I do is it's a team sport. Sure. So yeah. I can't go out there and do it myself now. I mean, you can, but it's just, it's not as fun. You only get three rods. You can't dedicate as much gear to certain water column. You, you know, it's, it's better to have a group of guys. Right. So even when I'm 80... If I own a boat, I can take the boat out and just drive. Yeah. Someone else can set up all the gear, you know, and they can catch all the fish. Sure. That It, it doesn't mean during the summer I catch a ton of fish on my boat, mm-hmm. but I don't catch that many fish. Right. You know, there's times I go out, we catch 20 fish. I, I don't reel in one. Yeah. There's times I go out and I reel in a bunch of them, but right. it, it's just, it doesn't really matter to me. It's it's what the boat does, you know, as, as a group. So Right. But you got to look at it. I found anything I'm engaged in from a, a hunting perspective or whatever else, I, I and I enjoy being part of the whole process. Like anything I'm into, I'm I'm more excited about it if I was part of the decision making and the tactics and the strategy and whatever else, because you're just more engaged in that whole deal, right? Oh, yeah. So for you is the the win isn't the fact that you reeled up the fish, it's the fact that you had the right you went to the right place, you had the right color combos, you had the right setups, all that kind of stuff. That is the the art and the and the science of the fishing right yeah yeah and even when you're fishing on you know i go fish on other people's boats it's you you put in you give your input and you 
you run a program. That's why, like I do a fishing league, when mm-hmm. we have a set crew that goes every week. I mean, sometimes guys can't make it, so we call somebody else. But right. um, that crew works really well together. Like yeah. we we fish many 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 hours together. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade them for nothing. You know, it, it's it's a good group of guys. Right. Um, and that that goes into it too. Like you can't if I go out there by myself with three newbies. Yeah. That that's a challenge. That's hard. Right. Whereas I have these three guys, they're, they're, it's, everyone knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's no questions asked. Everyone knows a program. Everyone has their own input on ideas, and that helps too because when things aren't working, you got to try something else. So, right. um, But, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just like if you go hunting, if you don't set up camp at all, you don't pick where people are going, you just show up, and yep. then you go hunt someone's spot, it's not as much fun. No, right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like if I'm going hunting, it's if, if, if I'm not engaged in the initially, like when you brought me out meal there hunting, it was a world I had no, no idea about. And it was a blast, but eventually yeah. you get to the point where like, okay, I want to be engaged in where am I going? What am I doing? What's the tactic? Uh, what's the next move? And that's what makes it engaging compared to, yeah. If somebody said, Hey, show up here on Tuesday on, on this day. Yeah. Just nowhere near the level of enjoyment. Yeah. And even that time of meal there hunting, like we, picked a spot or you know i picked the spot because right. you hadn't been out there yeah but we're glassing you're looking for deer at the same time i am you know it's mm-hmm. not and then also once you find a deer um you kind of give your input you know like oh we got to take this path over to stock in on the deer or whatever it just makes it fun right and that's what's fun about out west hunting right it's a even if you're not even if you don't have a tag in your pocket you can be a part of that that hunt on for that deer yeah you know it, you're putting your input in and you feel like you accomplished something when you get that deer you got to pack it out together so it's more than a one-man job yeah so for sure yeah yeah like i said you were the you're kind of the birth of this whole thing right yeah uh again maybe would have found it but you saying hey you want to come hunting tomorrow and i'm like uh, i don't know maybe and you're like yeah i've seen three bu- three or four bucks or three or four shooter bucks today i'm like there's no way you'll send a whole up season you might see one buck yeah uh and i just said there's not a chance i gotta come with you to call you out on your bs more or less you know yeah and uh went out and sure enough seen three or four of them made a stock got 15 yards for one and just was like unbelievable went right out and got that and that's what this whole podcast stems from is how gripped i was with that wanted to learn like why why are other people as gripped like why are you so pumped on big lake fishing because you easily could just be passively engaged in it yeah right yeah no and i i feel like um it's out west hunting you can go by yourself yeah and it works right but it's way more fun when you go with people yeah like i mean you you would agree right i mean yes for sure it's more fun when it's a team sport yeah there's components of going by myself that i really enjoy yeah uh like you get to make all the choices if you make a mistake it's your mistake there's no like hey did i was it whatever else uh you also it's like a a meditative thing almost you're just within your own space actively engaged in this thing by yourself all day so those components of it i enjoy by myself uh but for sure the the shared teamwork component and the laughs and the jokes and the uh shared packing out of a deer or whatever else is yeah unreal yeah 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 and i agree too there is days where it's like it's fun to go i go fishing by myself all you know all the time yeah and it's still it's fun to do that too but um i think at the end of the day if it was just by yourself all the time yeah you wouldn't be as passionate about it you know no it wouldn't be sure as not. much fun because no one else enjoy it, it shares that enjoyment right 
so you'd just be doing it yourself and it's it just definitely wouldn't be as much fun no for sure yeah absolutely and then i mean a lot of that passion or the fun is chatting about it on the weekends or off season thinking about it and talking about it and stuff like that like and then getting pumped up and built up for it and then going out and doing it and in the process i mean you guys competing with each other it's all in good fun but also it's competitive and that part of it's unreal like yeah the shared component it would never be the same without it yeah 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 and that's what i mean all i maybe it all stems from high school sports or sure you know grade school sports when you started playing basketball or football or whatever kind of the team team camaraderie of it all you know yeah so yeah yeah so but you do what's a a summer path look like for you are you out two three days a week i keep saying that but i mean you're you're out many yeah. many times a yeah summer, i mean right? i i usually keep track of it and it's usually somewhere three to four times a week you know yeah two to three to four times a week depending on the week yeah. i do fish in a fishing league on tuesday nights so um that gets me out at least once a week every week mm-hmm. and then usually it's more than that yeah and traveling down to other areas as well yeah so I, last year i did one trip to lake michigan which was a fun trip we didn't catch a lot of fish but in july we went down there and we got some really nice ones king salmon yeah um some good steelhead yeah right. so uh other than that i didn't go anywhere this year i don't know we'll see i don't have any big plans or anything to go on a long trip anywhere okay um yeah yeah but and i talked to brett all about his experience or mostly about his experience up in alaska but you did that and then you got to the point of being a captain right or how many years did you do that up in alaska no i only did it two years okay you do at minimum of three or maybe even four before you can qualify for your captain's license because you need so many days on the water sure okay um and i never made it i just decided that it wasn't uh the job was for me but mm-hmm. just the distance wasn't for me right um you were you know you went to alaska in may you didn't come back till september yeah um it was a long summer you don't travel at all when you're up there you're, you're not coming home for a weekend or anything like that so right uh, i decided just to move move to north dakota actually okay um and that way i could travel back and forth from here to north dakota and able to visit you know i had a girlfriend at the time so i think that was a big factor in it right um yeah so yeah but what were those experiences like those first i mean those two summers the uh yeah it was unreal i mean it was i graduated high school on a sunday i left monday morning at 5 a.m yeah um and i had friends up there i had dave west up there that's kind of what led me to where i was going yeah uh so it wasn't like scary i knew he was already there Mm -hmm. he graduated the year before me so he had gone up before yeah um i went in the end of may and uh yeah, it was just unreal. I mean, yeah. it was a little nerve-wracking, but I, I had friends on the other end, and I got up there, and we'd go fishing every single day, you know? Right. It, it wasn't the same thing every day because you'd have new set of clients every three days. Yeah. So it wasn't like you're doing the same thing all summer. You have a, a whole new set of personalities you have to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, every three days, you had to work through six new personalities. Right. So it was, there was, always, it was always changing. Like, you're doing the same exact thing every day, but when you have different personalities it just changes the game yeah that's what made the challenge and made it bearable to go you know we'd go 45 50 60 days on the water straight yeah getting up at four in the morning work until six at night or five at night or three sometimes if the you know we got in early or whatever right Um, yeah usually about 
12 and 14 hour days for 60 days straight hmm. unreal uh did you know going into it that the people side of it would be a big deal because how you interact with the people makes all the difference right yeah i mean i had no clue i was 18 years old and okay i didn't know at that point if i was good with people or bad with people or what what it, what it was going to be i just mm. knew it was going to be fishing every day right so i i knew i was going to love that part of it yeah um, but you found what was that experience like though did you find that you were great with the people i'd have to imagine yeah yeah, yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed having new clients every three days and yeah um yeah it was i did i do enjoy people that's why i <clears throat> went into nursing you know yeah um but did you realize that at that time though how you like your your uh energy or your mood or how you interact or laugh and jokes whatever or the whole demeanor a lot of it is you and your captain and how you yeah, present I didn't, yourself i didn't realize it until later in life obviously you know okay. um but yeah looking back at it it was a big it makes a big difference you know your your personality and your demeanor and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah and i i tend to be a people person i know like when i worked in the oil field i ran my own crew you know i worked worked a few years and then i had my own crew to run so right um i, I enjoyed that and, yeah and just working with different personalities and trying to figure out what people want and right yeah yeah because in that world i i'd fill in on your crew sometimes or we work together and yeah i mean you thrived well with uh and you have to be right you got people working below you uh that you have to work well with you've got the company man you've got the rig uh the driller the 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 rig employees stuff like that like there's all many different components that you have to be able to step into and thrive uh and that was no problem for you no i didn't have any issue with it you know i had enough experience when i did it that i knew enough you're obviously like i said earlier you're not gonna know everything about everything so you learn new stuff every day but um and then i just learned to deal with personalities you know if someone was having a bad day a company man was yelling at you or whatever i just learned how to deal with that so um typically i was able to calm them down or you know it's it's something you learn to deal with mm-hmm. yeah no but it all not that you have to go that direction but it feels like all those roles the nerd like you said it all ties together and it is revolving around the people right yeah every everything i've done it seems like every career i've had it's not like i'm a working by myself somewhere you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's everything has been revolved around people it didn't matter doesn't matter what i'm doing whether it was oil field or fishing or nursing it's it's if you know how to get along with people that typically bodes well in all the careers i've had so yeah, yeah but that's not always the case like you can thrive well i think it's always beneficial right but you can live in a world where you don't have to be great with people but also thrive but that's uh maybe on a technical side or working alone or whatever else. But that's been my world for as as long as I've been in sales. It's always been about right. Working with the people, just enjoying that side of it. But is it a, it must partially a personality thing because some amount of people working with people just drains them. It's hard to do. It's difficult. There's not one bit of enjoyment there. Whereas you are on the opposite end of the spectrum. So beneficial to lean in on that, right? Yeah. And it makes it, that much easier to enjoy your job whatever the job is right right now you know what i mean yeah so if you're like you are a real estate agent i mean you enjoy your job right maybe it's not the real estate side of things but it's dealing with people every day you know right same thing for me in nursing i really enjoy my job because i deal with all kinds of personalities every single day right that doesn't drain me it just it keeps me going right um 
and I, like I said before, I'm not the smartest nurse. I don't ever claim to be, but I enjoy the people side of things. So that's why it's easy to, easy to go to work every day, you know? Yeah. Do you think you would struggle in a, uh, working alone type setting because of that? Like you thrive on the people and it would be hard to just work by yourself all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have a difficult time. I think, um, like working from home or something like that, you know yeah. what I mean? Where you're on the computer all day. I don't think I would thrive at that very well. Yeah. Um, I'd have a hard time staying dedicated to my job and getting up in the morning and stuff like that. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could do it. I've tried to work from home and, and part of it is just logistics with young kids is difficult, but yeah, having the human interaction is, yeah, it's hard to replace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but what about with, uh, again, thinking back to the fishing side of things here, you've done some of these longer trips like down, uh, Lake Michigan, stuff like that. But also locally, is it pretty sweet to get to the point where you're catching some of these huge fish? Like, is that like a crazy whole nother level on a excitement thing when you're catching this 15 pound brown trout with your wife or yeah, whatever I mean, else? There's always, there's always, uh, the goal is to beat your best, you know, personal best fish for the, you know, year mm-hmm. or for lifetime or whatever. So, right. um, actually last year I set quite a few personal records on fish. So that was a fun, it was a fun summer. Like that's yeah. the goal with fishing, right? You don't go out there with the goal of catching the smallest fish. Right. Or the least amount of fish. Yeah. <laughs> so I go out there with the goal of catching the most fish and the biggest fish I can find. So right. um, that that's that's enjoyable. Yeah. What were some of those records that you set? Um, Your personal records, right? Yeah. Last year I did. I got a twenty-six pound lake trout. Okay. Um, up here, and then my wife got that fifteen-pound brown. That yeah. was the biggest brown I've ever been on the boat for. Yeah. Uh, then we got a thirty-pound king down in Lake Michigan. Yeah. Brian Nordstrom pulled it in. It was a, it was a hefty, hefty fish. So yeah, yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun summer. That was all within a week and a half or two weeks. Right. So that was two weeks of my summer were pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the buzz like? I've never been involved with something like that. But you're on the boat. Are you like, oh I mean, yeah, you're, you're fighting the, that fish for how long? And you catch it. It's like what on earth? Or yeah, like, it's adrenaline. Like that, that king we caught on Lake Michigan. We had, um. Kent Larson and Brent Germel on the boat and Brian Nordstrom and they all fished with me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and down there there's, there was a ton of boats out that weekend. So it was, you couldn't turn, you couldn't, we were stuck in a pack of boats. So, um, the fish, we were kind of at the mercy of the fish. Well, by the time we got the fish in, there was three or four other lines that came in with it all tangled together. Unreal. And there's not, not too often you get tangles and you land the fish. Right. So, um, but just, we had Brent driving the boat. He did an awesome job. Um, and then Kent was running rods. I mean, he was reeling rods up, letting right lines out when the fish ran. Hmm. I mean, it just worked out. We had the right crew to make it happen and right. got the fish in the boat. And then the buzz of it, obviously you're just, you're <laughs> just pumped. I mean, there's not too many people have seen a 30 pound King. So it's, it's pretty, pretty exciting thing. Yeah. So wait, you're saying some of your lines got tangled or yeah. Yeah. We had, you know, the fish the it, it bit on a dipsy diver. Yeah. Um, and then it pulled in, um, three planer boards with it right so it had four or five four four lines four extra lines so we had five total rods okay um with one fish that was all tangled right and a lot of times when that happens you end up the line snaps or the fish gets off or yeah there, there's high probability you're not going to land the fish when you get a tangle so right so kent had to be jumping around and letting lines out and yeah because i had the net and that you know so 
while the fish was further out, me and Kent were both kind of working rods, trying to get them in with the fish. And you don't want to pull on the fish because you can pull the lure out of its mouth. Yeah. So you got to kind of keep that line kind of slack. Um, and then if the fish takes a run, which means it swims away from the boat, you got to let all the lines out at the same time so you don't get tension on it. Right. Um, so it was just a challenge. And I think Kent had three rods in his hands yeah. while I netted the fish. Yeah. He had two under his armpits one between his legs and he's reeling all four, all three of them at the same time and yeah yeah it was just it was amazing to get the fish into the boat right did you re- i mean of course you never realize what you got till it comes up but obviously the whole fight you knew you had something special or what yeah i mean i knew we had something big but i didn't know it would be a 30 pound you know yeah um there's guys that fish lake michigan every single day they go all summer go multiple multiple years maybe even a lifetime and they don't have a 30 pound king on their boat you know yeah um, so i felt pretty pretty fortunate and pretty lucky to have have caught that fish last year and we knew it was a big fish but i've seen 24 pounders 20 pounders um and they all fight very close to the same you get them over 20 pounds and they're actually 20 pounders tend to fight more okay they have more energy as they get as they get bigger they tend to be more of a log so they don't make as many runs they don't you know so it's hard to tell how big the fish is you know it's bigger than 20 pounds but hmm. it's hard to tell how big it is right right yeah that'd be fun to be a part or even just a fly on the wall just to see the excitement of and the disbelief once you actually get it in and, yeah 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 and then weighing it we're like because obviously i have a boat scale but they're not super accurate so yeah we thought we had a 30 pounder we didn't know for sure um when we got to shore there was an official scale so we did wait on that yeah um, and confirm that it was 30 pounds but right does that get a lot of attention from the local or the whoever's weighing it or guys on the dock and stuff like that i mean is that a it sounds like it's a pretty unique thing to catch a fish of that magnitude yeah i mean it it, it did but we kind of we cleaned it pretty quick so okay. we were in and out of the cleaning station pretty quick yeah you're not trying to bring attention to yourself no yeah right. yeah yeah crazy um but again, I'm a lot of what the hunting side is for me that I think about again is like the adventure side of things, right? Like going to these sweet, cool places and, and seeing these places that you would never get to see. And it doesn't sound like you overthink it that much, but do you get to go? It seems like on the fishing side of things, does it bring you to a lot of places that you would never see the, this channel or this harbor or this location or whatever else? Yeah. Without me, being a fisherman. I mean, right? I, I, I tend to run further than most guys some guys will just go out and fish the same spot every time you know okay um but i like to fish new areas and see new areas and Mm -hmm. um like the garden peninsula down on the low on the up most people will never be there right so the only thing out there is fairport which is one of the ports that we fish out of so there's nothing else out there. there's not even a grocery store out there right so you're you're in the middle of nowhere yeah it's kind of like the copper harbor but with less of a tourist attraction right so yeah no i mean that's that's a cool part of it i think the fact that you get in these places or when we're heading out west you go to hunt these places you're oh in the middle of nowhere yeah and you're and then within that world of the middle of nowhere you're going out and you're going to this far hillside and looking in this little cranny and you're back in the middle of it just feels like you're the first person that's ever been there yeah obviously it's not true yeah it's hard with fishing because and you know 20 years ago 
you hard there was way there was way less boats out there yeah so anytime i went we went fishing anywhere it was it wasn't as big of a thing mm-hmm. today there's it's it's incredible the amount of boats really that you can see on a given any given day out on the lake you know yeah so yeah and is that like have you you said your dad and your family lived down in florida and fished down there for a while yeah that's got to be a whole nother level on competition right is it just a I'm not sure out there. Yeah, and I don't know. I I never lived down there or anything. Um, Okay. And they kind of went with family. You know, my dad never had a boat down there or anything. So they kind of went out fishing with family and stuff. So Right. Yeah. What about, do you ever think, go back however many years, there are some local families that were big in the uh, commercial fishing side of things. Uh, Would you, do you ever imagine or like put yourself back in those shoes? Would you ever have enjoyed that being a? I, local I, commercial fisherman maybe but i i don't think so i think the um charter fishing you know is would be where i would be at if okay i had if i had my own way if money wasn't an option right um i've done a little bit of commercial fishing in alaska okay so we did a little bit of commercial um salmon seine netting mm-hmm. um and i just i mean it was enjoyable you make good money but it wasn't it wasn't the same right so. And that ties back into the people component, you think? Yeah, maybe. And just the, you know, you get more on a personal level with the fish. Right. You're not sure. catching hundreds hundreds at a time. You just, you're catching the one fish. And right. Seeing the enjoyment in other people's faces when they catch fish. and Yeah. Right. No, I could see that. Yeah. The, the enjoyment and what you're looking for is that chase and the challenge and the, are we going to land this fish and where are they biting today versus just a, hey, let's scoop up the the fish right and that's probably a element or a super basic way to say it but that's probably what it is right yeah and then it's not it's not like i said it's not like i wouldn't do that for a living yeah um i could see myself doing it but it wouldn't be as enjoyable yeah as going out there every day and and even now i'm not but when we when i go fishing i like taking people that never fished before yeah get them you know get them on their first lake superior fish and Mm -hmm. seeing the enjoyment and yeah right yeah yeah so this will be a world you're uh not i mean engaged until the end of time right yeah i don't ever see any you know myself stopping fishing at any point unless something drastic happens but yeah that's definitely something that i'll be involved in forever yeah and within that league that you're in you've seen a pretty have you seen a lot of like newcomers or is it a, a rising trend the big lake fishing side of things no, I think um, I think it pretty much had the same amount of people, okay, or very close to, right. Um, maybe it will expand. I know there's two different fishing leagues up here. There's one in Kuna County, and then there's one not in Kuna Bay. Okay. So, um, there's probably anywhere from I think one year we had anywhere from fifteen to twenty in the Kuna Bay League. I think Kuna County gets ten to fifteen boats or something. Okay. Um, but you said 20 years ago, so outside of the league, 20 years ago, you would see way less people out there yeah. compared to where, where it's at currently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just ran into less people, and it was just – and good thing, bad thing, I don't know. You yeah. know. Obviously, the more interest there is in fishing, the better it is for the community. Right. Yeah, it, is it annoying seeing people out there sometimes? Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, if there's 100 boats out there, that's 100 voices that can say, hey, we want to keep this thing going. Right. You know? So you just kind of, sometimes you got to wait at the boat launch a little bit. That's just part of it, you know? Right. 
more people that are into it, the better I think in the long run for the for the fishing mm-hmm. community. Right. Yeah, and they have voice and impact on uh, marinas and boat launches and infrastructure around that world yeah. as well as stocking and stuff like that right yeah and i mean that's just you if you look around our ports that we have here we've had great improvements i mean staten has a boat launch now um chassel boat launch has a cleaning station yeah barriga has a cleaning station launch has a cleaning station uh big travers they put in new docks eagle harbor is putting a new program up there mm-hmm. um if no one was involved, if you still had the same 10 families fishing, none of this would be happening. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's betterment for the fishing community. If you have more people fishing, it's yes, there's, I I get on that program sometimes where it's like, Oh man, look at all the boats out here. This is, you know what I mean? But there's lots of Lake out there to fish. So, yeah. Right. No, my, but my takeaway about you and your fishing world or from this conversation i guess one thing is you just got to respect the dedication and the time and the commitment that you have put into it right because again i I put that into my side of things as well right uh but also i like to learn about how are we the same but also how are we different right yeah uh because it helps me learn about myself whatever else but i find again i although actually i did learn that if i really think about it when i'm in the act of doing it i'm not overthinking and i'm just doing it but again i find the rest of the year now i'm thinking about all this big picture stuff um but it sounds like i don't know that one's not one's not better than the other actually i think i could lean too far one direction but just being you're just pumped about the act yeah and i I like like so last year i had a a good year of fishing yeah i don't i don't think about that very often right i think about what i'm gonna do this year (laughs) like i honestly i don't i don't dwell on what i did last year i don't think about how it whatever and right. that's just me i mean i'm just i look forward to this season like yeah the next time i go out you know yeah so and again i'm not i'm not saying one's better than the other i think actually you're probably better off being more engaged in what am i doing next versus what did i do yeah. before right no and there's good to look back to i yeah. mean i could learn something from you look back and you know in whatever 40 years i'm gonna be looking back and be like man that was that was a good summer that was a good you know yeah you definitely could think about it that way now too more right that way you enjoy it more in the moment when you're doing it yeah no again i i think you can go too far but i do find myself frequently thinking about the fact that life changes quickly uh anything can happen priorities can change uh your kid gets in sports whatever it is just things change and you can find out that what you're in currently was a short season and you could still have glimpses into that world, but it could be that in 30 years you're doing it a fraction of the amount of time, but that could be just because you've lost passion for it or you have new priorities or whatever. So I don't, I don't say that in a negative way or a bad way or anything, but I just find myself frequently realizing that life changes quickly. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, there's, I'll always fish. Right. I don't know if I'll fish three days a week Mm -hmm. forever. Right. I mean, eventually kids will be playing baseball and softball and starting football in August. And, you know, right. there's a lot of your summer gets taken up once kids get older and stuff. So, yeah. Um, but it is something that I I probably will never give up completely. Whereas right. other things I could see giving up, you know. Yeah. Like I love going golfing in the summer. Right. But I could also not golf. 
Yeah. It doesn't. There's been many summers in my life where I go, didn't golf hardly at all. Yeah. So it, it, it definitely is not a seasonal thing for me fishing. Sure. Um, but I could see definitely doing less of it in the future if yeah. if life if that's what life needs you know right so hopefully that never happens but <laughs> yeah right no but i think it is too i mean it's clearly it's a huge part of your life and you're pumped about it and your andrew's pumped about it and so i don't see that necessarily happening but i just yeah i just find myself looking looking forward and realizing that who knows where life will be and that things could be different but i think at that time it's it's different because football is a priority and you're pumped about that too right or you're pumped about your your kids are into this so you're into that because they're into it and your kids are what's now more important than yeah whatever you're into or whatever right um but yeah i don't know it's uh at the same time i could see in 40 years you're still doing it just as much and you're got a whole life revolved around it right yeah yeah and it's hard to be it's hard to be a weekend warrior with fishing yeah on the great lakes because mm-hmm. things change so much out there okay to be good at it you really it it yes it takes some knowledge but it also takes time yeah you can't you can't just show up and expect to do great things right just like any other sport yeah you can't show up at a hockey game and be like oh i haven't practiced in a year i'll be fine right you're not gonna be the best player on the ice you know no right same thing with golf you can't not golf for two years then show up at a tournament and be like oh well, well you're not gonna compete you know no so right. there, there's definitely some aspect of dedication to it for sure as as well as knowledge there's a you got to find that combination you know so Mm -hmm. it's hard to just not fish right and and stay in the program yeah like you're kind to to be at the level of where you're at you're either in or you're out kind of thing right kind of yeah 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 or to have the success that you can have or to be involved as much as you are Um, but have you found that too as you gotten older you've given up more and more things yeah yeah. yeah not from uh i guess not, i don't look not at it in from, a bad way right i was gonna say more of a, a beneficial way yeah yeah like i feel like i'm doing less things now that aren't as exciting i used to do 20 things and 15 of them I, they were fun but i could take it or leave it yeah now i've got rid of those 15 things that i could take or leave yeah which is partially family priorities but also then it lets you focus in and hone in on those three other things that you're pumped about yeah right and that's what i mean it's you know if you're so like last summer you went fishing with me right that's unreal for you right mm-hmm. like it was a blast yeah you're not you don't you're not dedicated to great lakes fishing or anything right but when you have a buddy that will take you out yeah that you know we didn't do very good that day but right um it, it makes it that much easier to, to go out with me because yeah. like, oh yeah i'll go with you know go fishing with michael because he's been out there right he knows what's going on you know yeah right without you saying hey let's go or or having a connection in that world there's i would never go yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't get your own boat and be like all right i'm gonna go try to catch some salmon now right it just wouldn't it's just not that easy so but it can stem to life can take any direction it is cool how i mean you enjoy bringing out new people you could plant the seed and somebody else could be right where you're at in 10 years but because you got them into it yeah you know what i mean yeah have you seen that happen at all have you gotten somebody into it Uh, and they've gone down that path I don't know. I mean, I like my buddy Alan. He doesn't have his own boat, but he fished with me a ton. Okay. And he was the first time he went on Lake Superior. We went to Isle Royale. Like mm. he's like, oh, it's my first time big lake fishing. Right. And he enjoys the heck out of it. Like, yeah. I don't know if he'd ever buy his own boat because he goes fishing with me all the time. Like right. he really wouldn't need to buy his own boat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's just one of the one of the situations where he's like, 
perfect program for him because he doesn't have to buy his own boat but he can enjoy it and i think he enjoys it enough where it's like if i wasn't there maybe he would you know sure so yeah yeah no it's it's fun to chat about with this podcast it's sometimes like we're we're friends right yeah but i'm saying it's it's for me it's been enjoyable like hey let's sit down and chat for over an hour and be super intentional we're going to chat about fishing for one this isn't going to happen in a group social setting and also there's something about the intentional act of doing it of being like hey just tell me about your world and where did it start that you might not be prone to ask in a normal like us just hanging out on a friday kind of thing yeah Uh, so it's fun to hear about some of that history and how you got into it and and obviously how much it means to you and whatever else but there is a component of me where like as a friend like it's sometimes easy to have a stranger on here because i know nothing about you right yeah whereas like i asked you about the you know explain the uh setup right i know it on an elementary level but so for the sake of the guest i'm asking that right if somebody has no idea let's give them a or sake of the listener i should say somebody has no idea what is this engaging but also uh i don't know quite where i'm going with it other than to say that it i enjoy this yeah like there's a hesitancy within me because it's like hey i know a lot of this stuff but really if you get down to it i don't yeah so it's fun to be intentional about it and have these conversations and hear about it and and it else, seems but. more organic when it's a friend and we don't i mean we didn't talk about fishing you know it's right we went off on tangents on our own that wasn't a it's not forced or anything you no. know right but there is i do find like today i learned more about you and your fishing world than i would have on a friday night oh yeah easily. right yeah so i like that part of it but also it is organic i mean we're just having a chat and going from there but yeah fun to hear about yeah yeah but mike appreciate you hopping on thank you yeah no problem it's yeah. enjoyable yeah. hey guys thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you